Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your host, Jason Fernandez. And me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. When you do what you love, like CrossFit, coaching, or running a business, you want to do it for life. Inside Tracker can help. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside you and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. Then Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way toward reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. If you're a coach, an affiliate owner, a trainer, a registered dietitian, or any other health and wellness practitioner, Inside Tracker has launched a new program for you to offer to your clients called Inside Tracker Pro. In addition to helping your clients optimize their health and perform better than ever, you'll also get discounts and earn revenue. Plus, you'll get free access to the Inside Tracker Pro Educational Resource Center and a free personal coach dashboard for secure access to your clients' Inside Tracker results and recommendations. Inside Tracker Pros receive a 50% discount to experience Inside Tracker themselves. Earn revenue, enjoy discounts, and help your clients perform better than ever with Inside Tracker Pro. Visit insidetracker.com forward slash coach Jason Ackerman to get started. Welcome back. Best hour of their day. Fern and Ackerman here. We just took off our tinfoil hats, so no conspiracy talk on today's oh, I episode. I don't take mine off. That's yours, is, yours is like more like a yarmulke. It's just permanently that's li- on. That's literally what I was going to say. I was, I was like, if I could make a tinfoil hat yarmulke, I feel like you might wear one. I, you know, would you be, would you uh, convert to Judaism if you got to wear a tinfoil yarmulke all the time? If they would take me. <laughs> we wouldn't take you. That's the good point. Fern. Do I have to start storing money in my shoes? <laughs> that is the old Groucho Marx line of I would never join a. Uh, you know, a company that would accept me as a member. So yes, the Jews will not have you, Fern. Stick to the Cubans. Perfect. But I anyway, want but I want <laughs> anyway, we got a big week coming up. Uh, heading out to the to the Colorado. Cuban. This is where are there Cuban Jews? Hmm. I've never met one. I'm sure there are, though. I mean, I'm sure like. But I guess you would have to have been. Uh, you'd have to have converted to Judea uh, to Judaism, right? Probably, Probably. Or, you know, or married in type of thing. <clears throat> I always thought that was I've always thought that the the fact that a religion like Judaism is is considered ethnicity. Well, it is weird, right? That is one of the few religions. It's the only, it's like, the, I think it's the religion. only one, right? Yeah, and I don't know if that's like if even, you were Jewish, that would be considered an ethnic group, right? But I don't think that's actually true. I think Jews just identify as an ethnicity in addition to a religion. Because I don't think I it's actually find- true. Like my ethnicity is not Jewish. Right. Like, that's your religion. Right. So if I was applying for a college, I couldn't be like, what ethnicity are you? Couldn't put Jewish. I mean, maybe you can write it in. I don't know that they, they might be like, this guy doesn't even know what ethnicity means. We probably shouldn't let him in here. 
Maybe at the Naval Maybe. Academy that flies, but not at state schools like I went to. Well, there's pl- there's a lot that flies at the Naval Academy that probably shouldn't. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah. So, we got a big um, week coming I, up. We got some what big if interviews. I just wore a yarmulke. Oh, we're going back on the Jew talk. Um, <laughs> if you just wore a yarmulke, is that is that frowned upon? I, I think people would be like, "Why is that Cuban dude wearing a yarmulke?" But other than that, I don't know that. It's... At first, I I'm offended <laughs> that people you think people would just assume that I'm Cuban, but the um, you have a you have a Cuban look too. It's... Like if I was wearing one, would some, should I be should I be prepared for somebody to just walk up to me and be like, "Shalom." Oh, no, I, you know, okay. I, I do to give a little nod to Jews. You know how, like, if you have a Jeep, it's right. very much like a that. Nod? There's a, yeah, you look at the nose a little bit. You're like, okay, nose. <laughs> and then um, certainly if they're wearing a yarmulke. However, here's the catch. Yeah, I'm going to throw a, a big wrench into the system. The Jews that wear yarmulkes think they're better than the Jews that don't. So I meanwhile. I do know that there's a weird, uh, uh, what's the word it's like segregation in the Jewish community? Yeah, they so think they're like hot secular, shit. You have secular Jews, and then you know, like so. It's, a, it's weird, like yeah, like the 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 Hasidic Jews, the more Orthodox Jews, I think right. look down upon the Jews like me that don't really do anything. I mean, at this point in my life, I would say I was raised Jewish. I wouldn't right. say like my religion is Jewish, but um, I think when you meet another Jew, like. For example, I go to jujitsu and I met one of the one of the first days I met this girl who's clearly Jewish and we've kind of bonded a little bit like we joke more than anything. You just have like a common background, like no different than I'm sure. Right. When you CrossFit. meet someone that went to the Naval Academy CrossFit, right, but more specifically CrossFit so general these days, but you meet someone that went to the Naval Academy, you have a very good idea of what like four years of their life were like. I just met somebody yesterday who is a member here who had, who's been here for a little bit who had no idea went to the Naval Academy. So. Well, that's about getting to know your members a little bit. It's always weird. Well, just asking them like, and then I have to ask this weird question. I'm like, when did you graduate? And they're like, 2016. I'm like, God. Oh yeah. Seeing somebody, I saw a post or like a meme the other day that it was like 2022 to 2000 is like 2000 to 1978. Right. So it's like how old, like it seems like, (sighs) it seems like forever ago was 2000. Do you remember what you did on New Year's Eve 2000? Uh, New Year's Eve of 2000, I would have been. I was in DC. Doing what? Raging. But for why were you in DC? Why did you know that? Uh, so because I was in college, so that's that's quite. It's that is the almost dead center of college basketball season. Were you playing a game in DC? No, but we were, we typically would be still on campus because we were mid season. So we would be playing games during that time frame. Um, actually, no, no, no. We would have been back by then. My freshman year, we did it. We played in a tournament out in Hawaii. But yeah, typically we would go to DC for New Year's Eve. You played in a tournament in Hawaii as a college kid? Yeah. I mean, people do that all the time. It was not the Hawaiian classic. Not most people like not, most, most people, people who play Division Hawaii. One basketball. Most people who play Division One basketball will do something like that. It's not. It's not weird. Sure, but most people don't play Division One basketball. Who? What's I didn't the say most people would play. I said most people that are in that live in that world like that is pretty standard. What's the team in Hawaii? The Rainbows. Uh no, the uh, University of Hawaii is the. 
I can see their uh, their H emblem, but I can't remember what their mask. I thought it was the rainbows. I thought it was like a really like. It might be the rainbows, but I don't think it is. God, where's Katie when we need her? Jesus. Anyway, um, no, but kind of going back to the uh, to the Jew thing. The uh, that's kind (laughs) of the it's it's not, but it's not about. So we're not talking about Jewish people anymore. But the I look so Jewish when I look about Jewish. I look today. You do look pretty Jewish. Oh um, man, when I cut my hair, the guy was like, "Good." And I was like, this is as good as it gets. So, yes, thank you for this. Haircut. Yeah, you're not making me any better looking, sir, yeah. but I appreciate your attempt. I um, love my barbers, by the way. They got face tattoos. They're they're I, legit. They're legit I actually barbers. bought. I went to get a haircut today and I actually bought a T-shirt from the barbershop. If you're in Virginia Beach, go to Lion's Head Barbershop. Anyway, you, know, um, you went today to get a haircut. Yep. They ripped you off, dude. It doesn't look like you had anything done. Well, I'm wearing a headset and sunglasses, so it's hard for you to tell. Um no, but Aaron, who is a member here for a long time, I've known for a long. His his name is Aaron the Barber. That's that's how he is he is known. Um, that's your that's your barber. That's my barber, Aaron the Barber. But anyway, the uh, no, just kind of uh, that kind of like a little bit of confusion and maybe lack of clarity and the 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 fog of of that is very similar to the idea of intensity, which I was having a, you know, as is the case when talking to Joe Alexander the other day, we we kind of went down a rabbit hole and talking about. CrossFit and intensity and the idea that while we, well, we, you and I, and many people in the CrossFit community agree that CrossFit is the mechanism. Like if, if you were just like, what's the holy grail of, of creating a better human, greater fitness, uh, all of those things that CrossFit is, is kind of that, that holy grail, um, to switch religions on you. The, um, but also let's, let's, before we get any further, Joe Alexander, longtime seminar staff member. One of my mentors Luke, for a long time. Well, master. Yeah, I started it. He was uh, he was at Cross Virginia Beach when I was there with Pat Sherwood for a long time. And, you know, um, military background. Joe Alexander is who, when I was on staff, I would listen to the most intently during lectures and try to mimic his uh, public speaking style. He is what I would describe as somebody who has... Um, he is the perfect blend of insanely deep knowledge and understanding of a concept combined with the, uh, how would we say, the verbal skills to make it completely um, captivating. And, and, and simplified, right? Like he can take he a really a, complex. He is com- a truly com- gifted orator, orator, yeah. orator, 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 however you say that. But orator. He is, yeah, he is. <clears throat> he is a truly gifted speaker. And, and I would agree. He was one of the people like when he would talk, I would be so glued into what he was saying because it was just so beautifully communicated that you could not listen in my opinion like it was just so well done um, and he's very and he's, funny and he, when he wants and he's to funny right like again it was it was like i said it's a perfect blend of the of the educate inspire entertain com combo that we're looking for with a with a really you know uh masterful educator we started going down this rabbit hole of you know the like utilize so we were talking about the podcast with john wolf and and you know how i think people should have a better understanding of uh, other modalities in order to blend them with crossfit because while we while we you and i when i say we i'm thinking crossfit community believe that 
that CrossFit is is like the most effective means to to get results in high intensity. That doesn't necessarily mean everybody it's the best route for everybody to go into CrossFit immediately. There might be other things that need to be done, more stability work or what or what we described with John Wolf with regard to durability work. Maybe they just might need to spend uh, you know, whatever insert amount of time doing a lot of you know, cardiorespiratory endurance work, aerobic capacity work, just to build a metabolic base that would allow them to train um, so that they could train and and stay safe over time. And I think, you know, I, it's probably fair to say that I think one of the things that was lost, and I don't think it was done intentionally, actually, I know it wasn't done intentionally, is the idea of intensity and really getting people to unpack that and understand that what made CrossFit so special was the fact that coach gamified it. So she's like, hey, how would you find the peak of human potential? Well, you would make it a competition. Very simply stated, right? Like that's how you would get people to figure out what is, how far could I possibly go in this endeavor? Well, you'd have to make it a competition, which is the genesis of men will die for points, that statement, right? It's true. However, like all sports, it has its downfall. You could, you could, in the pursuit of that, you would do things that would now become detrimental to long-term health, potentially unsafe, all of these things. And that was never the goal. It was simply a thought experiment to be like, if we were going to push the needle all the way to the other side, how would we go doing that? You would have to, you would have to introduce some degree of competition. There would have to be something where like people would have a reason to go further. Like that's just the nature of human beings. And while that is great and it has brought to light things in with regard to human capacity that nobody thought were possible in my personal opinion, it's not that that's the thing that a lot of people have clung to. It's just like, I just walk in there every single day and hammer myself to the ground. And so we're, we're, we're kind of dancing around this idea of intensity. And I, and I think, I think it's worth clarifying just so that, coaches listening to this affiliate owners can listen to this and 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 he but there is some truth to say that intensity when combined with the idea of uh variance would naturally modulate right so it has to right because by variance you're going to bring in things that you can't do as fast as others correct however i don't think that it should be lost that even with the idea of having intensity modulated by changing the modality, we should still intentionally turn the knob of intensity. Meaning there should be days where I don't necessarily take that modality and take it to the edge. Going back to this idea of saying, hey, 70% is high intensity. Today, I want you to move at 70%. And realizing and understanding that training at 70% for a long duration, if I'm doing functional movements, if I'm using good, a good blend of it, has tremendous impact and probably all most people would ever need without ever pushing the dial any further. You would get virtually all of the benefits that you would want, whether it would be better blood lipid profile, you wanted to get stronger, you wanted to get faster, you wanted to develop more skills. You would continue to do that over time because of the nature of your capacity. Because remember, 70% is not 70% forever. As I continue to get 
better skills, 70%, it's like the Overton window, 70% will start to shift over and your 70% is no longer what your 70% was two years ago. It's a different 70%. If I looked and I matched those, which it, which therein lies the beauty of tracking and, and quantification of fitness is like, now I can, I can hypothetically look at that and not hypothetically, I can, I can actually look at that and say, oh, my 70% now, which still feels and looks like 70% effort is significantly different than my 70% 10 years ago. And I could say that for myself right now. And I don't consider myself to be very fit. Well, and all, all it would take is, you know, pick a, you know, for me, for example, just an easy one would be 15 years ago, an eight minute friend was like all out effort. Now, I could do an eight minute frame with rest and like checking my phone, you know, like listening to right. a podcast and paying attention. So I'd never you know, probably that, go over 130 heart rate. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, two other things to consider when talking about this, that gets overlooked by coaches. I think this is where you and I battle with a lot of people and they just cannot wrap their head around this. And we need to make it a little more clear. Everything. A lot of these other people are doing might make sense in a vacuum. However, if people aren't doing it, it doesn't work. And, and my point of that is 70% might be the difference in getting someone into the gym, not intimidated, not scared, not worried about getting hurt, but getting them moving. You know, all of these, you know, people want to, you know, this is the best thing to do. And this is the best thing. Cool. It's boring and no one's doing it. So how good is it really? Where 70% intensity in CrossFit, if, you know, for me, oftentimes, the idea of like, if you were like, hey, Jay, it's Fran today, go in the garage and do it. I, it, I would be dreading it. Or if you're like, hey, Jay, you have to do 21, 15, nine thrusters and pull-ups today. And, and you just have to be under seven minutes. I'd be like, okay, I can do that anytime. I can do that twice today. You want me to do it, right? So it's a matter of if I, if I actually get motivated and excited to do it, I'm going to get more out of it than not, you know, the idea of like, hey, doing something is better than not doing it at all. So there's that. Not to mention, I think if people modulate that intensity, the, the likelihood of injury or risk of injury is significantly lower too. Well, there you go. So that that was that's kind of the whole purpose of this is just is yes, intensity. And again, I think this is just and and it's a just because it's a razor's edge. The idea of intensity is a razor's edge. Because I if I just go one step too far to the right it gets really bad. And if I go one step too far to the left, then it becomes not, it becomes not effective. And this is where the, you have to deep dive into this idea of intensity, understanding intensity comes in a lot of different shapes and sizes. And yes, the idea of switching the modalities and adding that variance into the types of movements you're doing, you know, when you're doing them, how often all the volume on all that kind of stuff will naturally create an ebb and flow of the mathematical equation of intensity. However, Going back to just like variance, we should intentionally turn the dial of intensity to say, listen, yes, that is baked into the cake. However, I intentionally make the dial for intensity. I want to make it this today. And I've been playing around because I'm trying to get back into the training and I, and I think that CrossFit is the mechanism, but been doing like, a, uh, like not necessarily like kettlebell flows, um, but stuff that we would consider lower intensity, which is still really hard, right? And what I'm finding is that the, the, the 
um, which I knew already, it's just, you know, validating it. There's a difference in, in most people understand the, the, the concept of um, uh, time under tension. If we're talking about like the, in the weeds time under tension of the difference between a, uh, a, a worker that has power cleans in it, where I'm going to be doing like a, um, you know, a set of five or six. So I don't know, 30 seconds, right. Of like actual time under tension for that movement versus doing different kettlebell type movements, whether it's, you know, split presses or whatever. And the, and the actual duration of time under tension is significantly longer. Like that is a, that is a piece of intensity and variance that is different that you wouldn't typically find in a CrossFit workout. All of that roundabout way to say is I've been playing around with that because I'm trying not to dial myself up too quickly. We had a heavy deadlift yesterday, pulled 405, no problem, right? I haven't pulled 405 in a long time. That's good. I, it's not great. And it's not, it's, I'm not going to, it's nothing to be posted on Instagram. It, it's just a thought experiment was to say, you can get all of these things without being batshit crazy with regard to the idea of intensity. But I also am not just going to throw it out the window and say, well, you never need to go there. And this is where I disagree with James, which is like one rep maxes are never valuable. And I'm like, well, never is strong. And I think that you should play around with the idea of that. But the idea of it is one rep max and how I'm going to approach one rep max, that, that varies by day. How do I feel? Like it, it doesn't, one, my effort is really what matters, right? And well, this yeah, is why we, go ahead. No, just, you know, first of all, when you say James, for the listeners, you're talking about James Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald on the yeah. podcast. And, but, it, but I agree with you. It's like the idea of percentage work where I'm like, I don't love percentage work at a box because any given day, that percentage is, changing right like like you just said one rep max you may accidentally hit a one rep max because you're fatigued and that was your one rep max for the day and that's not a bad thing or you're just feeling good i i agree with what you said and i think that's where our mindset is often so different from some of these other leaders or experts in the area where we're like try it i think that's where we're like we rarely it's a never or don't do or always do like mix it up. And, you know, like you're suggesting, we're not saying throw the intensity out, go throw down a 234 Fran once in a while. Maybe what, what would you say if you just had to kind of speculate, guess, like how often should someone in our situation, when I say our situation, I mean, most listeners, like, yes, if you want to go to the CrossFit games, your training needs to look a little different. Even if you're training for a local competition, maybe your your ramp up to that looks different. But if we're just talking health, whereas some people call it vitality, how many days a week, if the if that many days a week, would you say you need to push it, like really step on it? I would say it's probably less than once a week, maybe once every ten days or so. Well, and so this goes back to the to the real efficacy of the idea of high intensity. Because if you say step on it, my assumption is we're talking about near maximal effort. I, I, I'm always referring to that. Yes, I'm okay. talking like- So <clears throat> to go that far, once, maybe twice a week. However, I think hey, yeah, you should think spend three days at 70 plus and then maybe two below 70%. Yeah, and that might look like, like you call it a flow. I think that's like almost like cardio, but not like, monostructural necessarily like, Hey, if you want to get on a rower or a bike and go 10,000 meters at a, you know, at 
a easy pace. I think there's building that foundation is key, but you can also do that with dumbbells, with barbells. You know, you pick up 25 pound dumbbells and you just, I'm going to do multiple rounds of DT, you know, 12, nine, six for 30 minutes, just moving and breathing and modulating your, you know, your heart rate. Yeah. I think, you know, that's the key. And I want to, I want to bring this up. It's so I posted a week or two ago, you know, shitty CrossFit still works and people lost their mind. And I think when, when we say that, this is kind of what we're saying, like whatever you decide here, it works. Like, so when we say shitty CrossFit, it's like, yeah, everybody jumps to like the lowest common denominator over-programmed, no coaching, dumb movements. Like, yes, that is shitty. And ultimately shitty. Anything could lead to negative, be it injury, right. be it burnout, whatever. When we say shitty CrossFit, we're talking about, I don't really care what the programming is. Like, I don't care as long right. as it's not stupid. Like there's a diff and stupid just looks like too much. That's all it looks like. Like most if you're of the under, time. Yeah. But I mean, if you're underdoing it and you do thrusters five days in a row, but that's all you did, you're going to be fine. Like I grew You'll up wrestling five fine. days in a row. You right. grew up I playing grew basketball up five, right? like, five days in a row. Yeah, like, like, it was fine. That was the whole Pat Sherwood, you know, back in the day, he'd be like Michael Phelps, you know, the Olympian right. the swimmer, shows swim. up to practice. Yeah. And he'd be like, Hey coach, uh, I noticed we swam yesterday and we're swimming again today. What's up with that? It was like, Hey, yeah. You're going to swim every day, dude. This and, seems redundant. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, and obviously, okay. this is, and, and we're making light of the situation, but I agree. And this is, and this is why I, I get a, a little uh, maybe confused or perplexed. I'm not really sure what the word is, but when people try to reinvent the wheel there, and I think it's because lack of understanding or lack of depth of knowledge with regard to what CrossFit is actually preaching. And yes, we as trainers, me specifically, I'll, I'll speak to me, are guilty of taking it too far. As, as is everybody with regard to that because of where I was in my life, my understanding of the concepts and the theories, all of that stuff. But the beauty of, of the simplicity of the program is that that is what we are proposing. We are proposing that you don't train at super high intensity all the time, right? What we are saying is that phrase, you know, intensity is the independent variable most commonly associated with maximizing the rate of return on favorable, favorable adaptation is that like that you need that in order to get where you're going. Yeah. And I think that's just the way of also, you know, people cling to things in CrossFit and often they cling to the things that they disagree with and intensity happens to be at the forefront of that. And they forget from the moment we mention intensity, we mention relative intensity and people forget about that. And then when they think about it, they only think about it in the terms of like, well, every human being is different. Not every human being on any given day is different than right. what they were. And, you know, in, in addition to that, we do need to remind people like, you know, I, I used to travel with coach Ripito and coach Ripito used to bash CrossFit and he still does. However, the one thing he used to say, positively about it was coach Glassman and CrossFit showed the world that it's okay to sweat and work hard. You know, prior to that, like not just women, but they're, you know, men too. It's always funny. You go to, a, I love going to a globo gym and you just watch how uneducated. And when I say uneducated, it's like we were, when Roz and I were away a couple months ago, we were at the hotel and there's a massive gym. It was in Vail. And, um, but every dude that got off, like the old men all had the same routine recumbent biker treadmill. And then before on their way out the door, 
they'd grab like 15 pound dumbbells and do like 20 curls and walk out. And it was like, that's what they know. And it's like the, we taught the world, Hey, sure. Do that. But you're better off doing functional movements and you're better off putting a little bit of an oomph behind it. And like you said, coach Glassman, what he did so well was gamify it. We've had Amundsen on the podcast, Greg Amundsen. And he tells the story of his very first workout. Coach Glassman said to him, all right, Greg, you're going to go against him. And when he said that, it changed his mindset. Yeah. It changed. Right. Like I'm competing. Like now I have to try. I mean, people will die for points as Nicole Carroll said. Well, it's also becomes a bit of an odd argument with regard to think just really objectively thinking about the argument that we're having is they're like, you guys are doing way too much of a good thing. Right. Which is like, okay, let's zoom out just a little bit and say, yes, this might not be optimal training, <clears throat> But when faced with the alternative of like, this person could be doing nothing and could be riddled with chronic disease and not pursuing any degree of fitness, I'll take the guy going overboard all day long. You know, there, there is some truth to like anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And then you can learn to modulate that over time. And I think that's exactly what most CrossFitters did. That's what I like. I, you know what 70% is and you know what an easy day is because you know what a hard day is. Right. And I just don't, I just, I really think people, I want to have more conversations about that because I think the so, more we talk, we talk about it, the more people will really start to wrap their brain around it. And there is no specific scenario. There's no like, if this, then that it's just kind of like, you need to take it as it comes and understand the idea of intensity because any given day for, for any group of athletes, that pendulum is going to swing. And I but, need to have the ability to, to kind of put them relatively on target. So, so let's, let's bring it down though. And, 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 and make this usable. I mean, great in theory, great for people right. that are training solo right. right now to think about, I would even have like, you know, you know, obviously you wear something like a whoop that gives you a little bit of data. Like today I was in the, in, in the red. I'm like, okay, maybe I need a rest day. Maybe I need to go easier today or I'm green. Like, or just what your day looks like. If I have a right. really busy day, sometimes going in the garage, like what I've been doing a lot of times is like I set the clock for an hour, 10 of it's a warm up, move for 30, 10 of it's a cool, you know, no, no music, nothing like just to clear my head. But what does this look like at the affiliate level? So I, I prefer to always keep things simple. So we have a, a, a member here who's kind of coined this term, just uh, it's a moving day. I think you should regularly program and communicate that the intent of this workout is to move at no particular pace, at no particular load, whatever you feel like doing today. This is kind of the conversation we had with John Wolf about just taking off the, all of the, the labels and the intensity portion of that and just allowing people to move and just get in touch with their body. Be like, what do I feel like doing today? I feel like moving at this pace. I don't even know what this pace is, but I'm here and I feel like this is appropriate and just do it that way. So I think that's where you start. You keep it simple and you don't try to box it in or frame it or define it. You just say it's a moving day and you can make those movements you know, gross movement, you know, motor patterns, you can make them what I would consider like the grunt work type stuff, carries, um, you know, sled drags, very basic movement, pressing, um, kettlebell swings, um, or you can make them a little bit more, 
you know, fine motor movement. Like you could have some dumbbell snatching, some barbell snatching, but again, the whole point is moving. Hey, what pace, whatever pace you want. Well, wait, whatever weight you want. I don't care how many reps to do. However many you feel like doing today. Right. There's nothing wrong with that because again, I've gone back to this. There is no magic in most of the numbers out there. There's just not. Right. How do you convey that? I guess is the question, you know, without, you know, from a, most affiliates from day one, it's like, here's our workout. Here's your score. Here's how we keep track. Like how all of this, a sudden do you change that? This is probably, yeah, this is probably how often or how like, no. in the, in the, how do you do that without like people being like, what do you mean? Like <clears throat> I got to beat so-and-so or. Well, obviously there's some, there's some things that would lend itself to this and versus not. So with regard to practical application of this idea, AMRAP would be your, your most ideal scenario. And then just give a general rep scheme. So Again, it doesn't matter, right? So think about, let's just call it, let's just make one up on the fly. Let's go 20-minute AMRAP. Let's do um, kettlebell front squat, kettlebell deadlift, and a sit-up, right? 10, 10, 10, 20 minutes. And what yeah. I would tell everybody is, I would say, so I've got some, I've got some hip-mediated uh, movement, you know, from the floor, I've got a little bit of hip hinge action with the kettlebell swing, a little bit more dynamic than the deadlift. And then I've got a little bit of core work in there. Fairly, fairly simple slash, you know, predominantly gross motor, motor, motor movement patterns. And I would say, here's the rep scheme, 10, 10, 10. How many rounds should I get? I don't care. Guys, the point of today is just to move. And when you're done with this, feel better than when you started. That's how I'd communicate that. If you get five rounds, that means you'd be moving at roughly a four minute pace to get through 30 reps, very casual. And if you're feeling like you should move a little bit faster, move a little bit faster. But the point is, this should be kind of like a talking warm up. You should be able to converse with people the entire time, like move it, whatever it just, but it's just moving. The point is not to train. The point is to move. And that's what I would do. I think those have a ton of value. And I think you would, be shocked at how many people would be relieved to hear that. And I tell you what, you feel better after. Like it's like oiling right. your body, you know, you feel like, oh, I feel a little like lubricated. I feel good. Yeah. Where, you know, intensity feels good in a different way. Like you feel accomplished. You're happy. Like after, you know, maybe an hour or two later, you're like, oh, I feel good. But when you move and flow, like I, I think that's a long lost art of like, we, we, it's like lubricating your joints. Right. You, you need to, you know, it doesn't have to be only via something like stretching, right? It's, yeah. it's doing these movements. I, I think you can do, I think you can do both. And it's, I don't, and again, I don't think you should do this all the time because then you throw out intensity and you lose some of the efficacy of, of, of the intended training. <clears throat> but this is all, you also have to realize like intensity is different for everybody. What's different for Christina, who's my 70 year old client here is different than what is for me. So and that's okay. Cause we have different aims, but, but here's where I think we need to be clear for box owners too. It's it's, I like the idea of a moving day, right. Or flow or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Hey guys, there's no score. There's no weights. These are the movements like fern laid out kettlebell, you know, squat deadlift, et cetera. However, no different than we would tell people like you can't always squat on Mondays. Cause some people can't make Mondays or blah, blah, blah. Like this right. needs to be something it should Maybe move on the calendar, three, right? It should move or you need to be equipped well enough as a coach that no matter what the workout is, you can be like, Hey guys, who's here for a flow day. And that could be Monday or Friday or whatever. 
oh me okay well we're doing fran today so you know i want you to grab a lighter barbell and we're going to set the clock when we do fran you're going to go for 10 minutes and maybe it's like nine thrusters with a one second pause overhead nine pull-ups as many you know like something like that or you know imam it so if you're done in 40 seconds you rest or or else it could turn into intensity right um But you, you as a coach need to be equipped for that. And I wouldn't do that every workout, to be clear. Like Fern said, I'd probably just pick one day in my programming a week, rotate that. It probably wouldn't be on Monday because most people take the weekends yeah. off. So, you know, like a Wednesday, Thursday, even a Friday, and, and then program accordingly. Yeah, I think you have it in there. And it, I don't even think it necessarily needs to be labeled as that. It's just that's the intent of the day. And then you just keep it in your back, to- your back pocket for people who might need it on a Monday who had something crazy going, they did a tough mutter or something on the weekend and they're feeling a little banged up. And I'm like, use today as a moving day. Like, I don't want you to move at any particular pace. Just get some full range of motion into those joints so that we can feel a little better at the end of this. But let's try to do a better job in the affiliates of communicating the idea of intensity, its value and what that actually means to each person when they walk in the class. And that doesn't mean take the throttle and put it all the way to light yourself on fire. It could just mean like, let's use it as a moving day because that still has tremendous value and still will give you results at the end of the day. And then what that will lend itself to is when you do want to go full throttle, you'll be able to do it better. And and last thing, you're going to get better attendance. Better attendance is better retention. Better retention, more money, right? More money, a better affiliate. Like, because I'm t- everybody, there's a day where I look at programming like, fuck, I'm just beat up today. I'd like to go in, but I can't handle some deadlifts. Yeah, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like, that sounds like, painful to me. Yeah. And you just feel like, well, there's, you know, yes, we agree you could scale, but it's still even scaling. You, the goal of scaling is to hit the stimulus, right? right? So now I'm like, I'm scaling lighter deadlifts and I'm just moving faster versus cool. Grab that kettlebell. And we're going to do a 20. I think, I think, you know, we have found over the years, 16 times a month is ideal. And for a lot of people that might be the, you know, 14th, 15th, 16th time they come in, which lends itself to retention. So consider that. And I'm telling and you now, no programming is doing this, by the way. So and if you're doing this, doing getting into train and, and get into get into the box, doing it, if you if you instill this idea that it's okay and that there's there's a time and place for this, getting in 16 times a month will be no problem for people. They won't be like, I'm gonna take today off because I feel like hammered dog shit. They're gonna be like, I I'm gonna go in there because I'm actually gonna feel better when I leave today than when I walked in. That's the goal. All right, Fern, good chat on this. I'm looking forward. And I think if you're a box owner or a coach, you need to figure out how can I make this work at my affiliate? And if you're not sure, hit us up. We're happy to chat about it. We're happy to answer those questions for you. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Best Hour of Their Day podcast. We appreciate you listening and choosing to have us help you in your passion for coaching and affiliate ownership. You can find more episodes just like this on all podcast platforms. If you're interested in learning more, you can reach out to us on any social media platforms, or you can visit www.besthouroftheirday.com to book a call. If you found this episode helpful for you, please share it so that we can help other coaches and affiliate owners to help build a bigger and stronger CrossFit community. Thanks for listening.